What's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from Upgrade America Podcast 2.0, episode 31. Thanks for liking, sharing, subscribing. Shout out to all you upgraders domestically and internationally. Um, we went a little long on this episode. It just turned out that way. It wasn't the plan. We had some uh, nature-related uh, interruptions during the broadcast, but I think it was interesting. We brought up a lot of things from student loans to third parties in American government to no parties to getting rid of money in politics. Also, we talked about how to survive office politics, you know, our experiences, thoughts, insights. Um, so, yeah, it was a very interesting episode. Hope, hope y'all enjoy. Peace, blessings, and gratitude to wherever you're at. We are recording on this end. Something like yeah, we're good over here. Cool, cool, cool. Upgrade America. You know what it is. Cameron Ra, CJ the Day Slayer. Today, I'm ranting or formally lecturing on Bitcoin versus solar panels, which is a better investment in 2022 and 2023, and a whole slew of other topics by Sitting Sint. Talk to me, CJ. Yeah, man. We got a wild world of sports and entertainment. Yes. Uh, student loan forgiveness. We forgot to talk about it le- last week, so we're going to get to it this week. Um, executive order to ban or dismantle the GOP. Interesting. You know, election. Is that um, <laughs> Putin closed Nord Stream 1 and definitely claiming repairs could be made due to parts blocked by U- EU sanctions. As winter looms, winter is coming for you. Uh, was it? What's that? Game of Thrones, folks. Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. Prequels, I believe. Yeah, that is uh, House of Dragons or something like that. Um, the European Union negotiates with Russia and BRICS for reasonable energy prices. Mm, what a scenario! How to survive and thrive in deadly game of office politics? We'll talk about it. And what else we got? Skyward updates from our visionary right here, Cameron Ra. So let's jump right into it. We got this. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, let's do this. Um, so yeah, peace to our upgraders and all our Bitcoiners. You know what it is. Bitcoin is trading on the horizon. Yep, it's trading sideways, meaning it's not doing much. It's not going down so much and it's not going up. It's very much in limbo. And... This is not financial advice. It's just uh, me talking on the internet. <laughs> I speculate it, it may stay this way until it happens in 2024. And a Bitcoin maximalist will s- insist, oh, buy the dip. Put it all on orange. BTC offers no clear ROI. And for those who are getting into business, that's return on investment. Meaning like, you put your money in, how long do I have to wait to get my money back? And how much will I get back? There's no clear investment strategy with Bitcoin. Anyone who, can, who 
tells you that they don't know what they're talking talking about because Bitcoin does what it wants. And is it really an investment or is Bitcoin a risky speculation or a bet? So do you know who Guy Kawasaki is? Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah. He said, if you're investing for capital gains, meaning you're buying something for the low and you're hoping that you can sell it for the high, essentially you're gambling. You're gambling. There is no guarantee that if you buy Apple stock for the low, that you can sell it for the high mm-hmm. or get higher in the future. There's no guarantee. Markets are very volatile. And, and essentially, it's gambling. It's sophisticated gambling. There are charts. There are indicators that can help you do this efficiently, but it's still gambling. So um, buying the proverbial Bitcoin dip and waiting for for the moon that may never come is, is still a gamble. Moreover, you, you still don't know who created Bitcoin. And that is a substantial risk. It could very well be the banks that a lot of Bitcoiners are, are, are fighting against. And I admire Bitcoin, but I, I remain objective. Argue all you wish. No one can prove who, who made it at this point. And while Bitcoin has much potential, there's still much risk. So um, I would like to assess the asset of a solar panel. Right now, you can get a solar panel for a dollar per watt. There's this misconception. Oh, wow, it's freaking in here. There's a misconception that, like, you have to spend 10 racks, $10,000 or what have you, to buy this elaborate solar system. Mm-hmm. And do it. But you can get solar panels like for like 50 bucks, cheaper than that, and incrementally build this uh, the system. And as I mentioned, as low as a dollar per watt. And um, when you really think about it, man, this thing's buzzing. What is it? It's a nasty horn. Mm. I'm, I'm a prince. All right. So, dollar watt, yeah, incrementally scale this. These things last for like centuries, essentially. I would say it's 10 years they lose about their power is reduced from 100% to 80, but they're still serviceable. Or like it could be, as I mentioned, as, as long as a century. And uh, you really gotta think about it when you're scaling it to a point where. The solar panel is paying off electricity. You can scale it beyond to the point where it's like, okay, now you can sell power back to the grid. And then you can scale it to the point where you can even mine Bitcoin itself. And I don't know. In the market, this looming energy uh, crisis that's, that's coming, you know, winter's coming, Game of Thrones, it, it just seems like a, a better investment to incrementally invest in solar and energy storage mm-hmm. and um, yeah you can get a starter kit little backup generator and you know you, you, you'll have the ability to harness your own energy I, I preach all the time rented long enough power is the purest form of currency no one needs money we need things money can't buy and we all need power Riddle me this, CJ. You're down there in Orlando. 
Can you could you live comfortably without AC? No. <laughs> Short answer, no. Because no. the thing is, it's like, yeah, while winter is coming and people think they can just migrate and you know, as these energy prices hike, it still costs a lot to uh, a lot of energy to cool an environment to cool a place you know so like we're all gonna feel this this uh this energy crisis <laughs> but yeah those are my those are my thoughts i think you know yeah get a little bitcoin but get solar panels too mm-hmm. yeah i think i would invest in some uh green energy tech for when i build hq here in Florida, so it's, it's, it's just only smart to build in. Um, At the very least, do you have a solar flashlight? No, actually, I need to get one. Yeah, I would definitely recommend getting one of those. And a fun fact, shout out to Tim. I was talking it with a, a, how do you say, a Vietnam vet, um, you know, and he was telling me how your microwave is essentially a Faraday cage. Meaning like, huh. yeah. if you have, if there is a significant threat of an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, and you want to save a device, put it in the microwave. Because it essentially, it could survive an EMP and, uh, and be serviceable. The question is, can it get on? Uh, will there be any networks for it to connect to? Maybe, but will you have the data on there, i.e. medical manuals, maps, things of that nature that can still serve you in the EMP apocalypse? Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll tell all you upgraders, make sure you have an actual map of where you live mm-hmm. or of your country. And what's the other thing? Like, actually have books that are weatherproof, too, if you can weatherproof them somehow. Just as a uh, There's nothing wrong with analog. Analog. You know, my, my, uh, you know what analog book is in my, uh, my bug out bag? It's like 200 different plants in North America that you can consume. Mm-hmm. Because right now, if you had to get up and go and boom, you, you gotta uh, head to the hills, as they say. Like, what we eating? Don't eat that. Don't eat that. Do eat this. Yeah. You know, I do recommend getting a book on foraging and uh, if you're into survival and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So we'll talk about the wild wor- world of sports and entertainment. Yes. So, um, it was really cool historical event. Serena Williams, Venus Williams. I don't know if Venus Williams is retiring as well but basically Serena was retiring and she was going on her farewell tour that morning's coming yeah all right we're gonna relocate okay what you gotta do you got anything to kill it see that's the thing while I do have this wonderful electric fly swatter that I use to vanquish flies. I don't like killing bees or hornets. I feel they're more of, they're more noble creatures. The bees are like, 
same time they produce honey and stuff. Yeah. They actually produce a surplus. That whole off the grid thing, like mm-hmm. worst case scenario, yeah. You could rip out the wall and uh thrive off of that 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 surplus of bees. Mm-hmm. So I try to do my best to coexist with bees. I don't know if hornets produce bees. The hornets produce bees. Hornets produce honey. Oh no. At the same time, do I want to go to um what was that? Oh yeah, Serena Williams, uh Fairwood Tour. She did she got to the third round in her and it was just really exciting to watch that history. And considering she's like our age, I didn't realize that she's forty. So I was like she's forty? Oh shit. So that was kinda wild. Um so it was really cool to see those moments, see the montage, see like all that, see who she's inspired. Um, young black women coming into tennis. Um, Have you played the sport? Huh? Have you played the sport? I think I asked you Tennis? Before. I played a little bit before. I mean, now I have to, if I lost like a bunch of weight, I would play it again. You know, cause I it's, think it, it is a sport that can help lose weight because there's a lot of sprints and uh, it's, it's, it's a challenging sport, but it's an equalizing sport with yeah. the whole racket thing. I, I, I enjoy playing. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long time. Um, so that's cool. I know they had a heavyweight fight last night. Mm. I, I forgot to watch it because I was and who was fighting? Homie time. It was Ruiz and Ortiz fight for a heavyweight championship or light heavyweight. I think heavyweight. So I don't know who won. Um, what else is going on in sports? College football is back, so I was really excited. My team plays tomorrow, Georgia Tech. Clemson? Tigers, yeah. Okay. Um, I did get to watch Georgia versus Oregon, and they destroyed them. And so that's that's all I really got to watch yesterday. Let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Ballpark, how much are the, uh, the college athletes making? You mentioned before that they're getting paid now. Yeah, they get like basically uh, sponsorships. It's called name, image, and likeness. And you'll hear NIL a lot. And basically now they can get paid off their name, image, and likeness. And it just I depends. see. So if they're in a video game, then they're getting uh, some, how do you say, royalties or something? Yeah, but I know they haven't created a college football game yet. That's on the horizon now that the laws passed to where athletes can get paid. So now they're gonna bring back college football, which I'm excited for, because I used to live for that video thing, it's fun. Um, I'm trying to think what else is going on in the world of sports that I'm probably, the NFL's coming up. I don't really get into NFL until later in the season. I, I prefer college a lot more, so. Um, Definitely share your thoughts on, uh, you said you ran five miles, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they had this, um, they had this race for the YMCA and for local charity and stuff like that. So I signed up and then, uh, you know, I ran expectations to dominate, but it was very humbling to, uh, to compete with, you know, with, with, with the local athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's one thing to run five miles by yourself, and it's like, yeah, you do it your own pace. And 
it's another thing when it's just like not so much a formation run. You remember the formation runs where we'd all run at the same pace? Yeah, slowest was it slowest in the front? Had to be in the front and fastest in the back, I believe. We had those. We we remember it, but we remember tech school formation runs where we were divided into the speeds. Where they had the fast group, the slow group, and the, and the medium, whatever. But it almost reminded me of that because it's like you start off in the you start off all together, and then boom, people just group by their paces. That was real cool uh, to do that. They they shout you out at the finish line. So you know I signed up as Cameron Ra. So I'm look, I'm very much looking forward to uh, you know they shout out Cameron Ra and then you know I'm running like yeah people cheering it was epic but like I really much looking for that uh, sound clip and video but yeah man want to do more races particularly for charity mm-hmm. it's a very great way to challenge yourself another thing that was last thing says don't judge a book by its cover. Like there are a lot of people, all shapes and sizes, ages, ethnicities are out there, and you would size them up like, yeah, like and dust them, like smoke them, I run circles around this person till the race starts, and then you like, wow, they really trained me. And yo, it's never too late to get in the game. Walking is probably the the, the best and most efficient uh, exercise, easiest exercise to to do. You know, go out and get some. I ran to the phone. Nah, you're right. I'm I'm more of a walker now than I used to run. I don't mind sprints. I don't mind like basketball here and there, but I don't know. I just got turned off of running. I'm, I'm not. I'm not some. I'm more of a hobbler, like a fast yeah. hobble. Like I wear two knee braces, and I, I really ought to wear my my back brace more. But like. I, I like the endorphins, so I push myself through the pain just so I can get those endorphins. But the walking thing in nature, oh yeah, like I love to walk, hike, and, and yeah, okay. and this stuff. But yeah, like, sure. it's I don't want to walk through a residential area. Don't want to walk through a city. But like out in nature, parks, yeah, walk for days. Actually, that makes sense. Now that now that you said it that way. Um. Okay, so we're gonna talk about student loan forgiveness. Is this the gateway to a total debt reset? Mm. First off, can you share your thoughts on student loan forgiveness? I'm torn because I understand what what conservatives are saying. I would say. Well, you signed up for the loans, you you take responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. I also understand that at 18, you really don't know what the fuck you're signing. Shit, at, at your age now, you, like, think about your terms and conditions when you sign up for anything now. Are you really reading all of that? Like, you just click and accept and keep moving. So I kind of look at it in that way. Um... So I am split on it. Um, I think, yeah, I'm just really torn on it because I could see both sides of it if I had to give um, opinion on it. Um, for a while, I was against it. Uh-huh. 
like I think we discussed it. You know, particularly you have the nine eleven. No, I'm sorry. You have the Montgomery GI Bill. Yeah, I had the old one. Yeah. Was kind of in your circumstance. Uh, did you have to? You you took out loans. Yeah, I had to take out loans because it wouldn't start until I was fully signed up with classes. And even then, it doesn't pay directly to the school. I have to manage it, but at the same time, I had to live. I had to like pay rent, bills, like so I used that money, me, um, to do such, do as such, until I got actually a full time job. Even with a full time job, it wasn't enough, you know. Yeah, but you put that into perspective and, and kinda convinced me onto like before my idea was legislation is that it must all legislation, particularly where you're spending billions of dollars, must benefit the greater good, like everyone. And at the time, I didn't feel it that way. And at the time, I felt like, yo, if you want free college, go to the military, you know? And that's how I felt. But if this is going to help people, like a lot of people, then sure, let's do that however let's also discuss about uh bailouts and resets for for other people's debts particularly let's talk about elderly people who are in debt with their mortgages do they get a bailout can we give them an equal uh, amount of money to uh the ward off from losing their homes that they paid uh you know their their entire life and then let's talk about the average citizen who probably has x amount of thousands in, in credit card debt can can we get them all a, a little bit because we are paying for the tax <laughs> the taxpayers like can we, can we give our, ourselves a bailout you know and then let's go back to education for every dime that we the the federal via the federal government through taxation has to pay the bail out student debt like what price will the financial institutions be paying in the future it's, it's a lot of questions but again cool nip that in the butt let's uh see where it goes next if they're gonna do a, a broader bailout for, for people. From, from what I understand, Ron DeSantis is such a polarizing politician because I see both sides of what he does. But one of the things I think I saw in one of his uh, campaign, whatever slogans or advertisements, was an education cap on tuition in the state of Florida for college or whatever. And I thought that was an interesting concept. Um, So this goes back to what we've been talking about because of the advent of technology, remote learning, modules, all this stuff. I mean, education goes down to shit barely. All you need is Wi-Fi, internet connection, and an instructor. And you're eliminating a lot of costs. And I want to inject that a lot of fortune 100 companies, Google leading the charge, are accepting certifications and, ex- uh, and 
experience in lieu of college education. Absolutely. So we really got to throw that on the table and reevaluate the true value of a college education. Because the thing is, if like, yo, we talked about return on investments, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm throwing you 50 racks, 60 racks, sometimes more than that, mm-hmm. I paid this money, either through a loan or, or what, what have you, and then at the end of the day, I get this piece of paper and I said, well, 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 my name on it. But the value, it doesn't produce the value to pay that, that loan back. We must question what is the value of, uh, of, that, uh, of that paper. Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree. So just short answer. Do you feel like all student loans should be forgiven? And should it be through a certain time span, I guess? Should it cap it at, say, I don't know, 2008 until now? And then after that, you're on your own. The truth of the matter is, if, if you're asking if you're asking me, and I, I like mutualism and I like doing things fairly, mm-hmm. you should just like, whether you have a student loan or not, if you have debt attached to your tax paying social security number, you should get a piece of chunk of change to pay off that debt. Why are we just reducing it to everyone's in debt? Regardless if you went to, to college or not, we're all in debt. So like, I suppose this is the old me who said it, do, it doesn't help everyone, so I'm against it. But I'm just brainstorming, I don't know. Like, everyone's in debt. So why not just, yeah. just, just you wanna help people? Yeah, student loans are one thing, but that's very exclusive. It's very exclusive to people who did not attend, who did not attend college. I think it. I would. I would think you would have certain standards. Like I think I'm sure they have certain qualifications for you to get your stuff forgiven. But if um, at least fifty percent at the most, if they don't do all of it, um, and especially for like doctors, engineers, like something really. You definitely should forgive some of that because they're definitely like those STEM fields and stuff like that, definitely more vital to society than I would say some other majors. Well, so then let's 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 focus on that because the STEM majors, the compensation it can be like two hundred k, starting mm-hmm. for engineers and, and doctors and, and whatnot. So like, do they need the? Does a STEM major? need the that forgiveness or assistance as much as, as you mentioned we, we, we discussed offline yeah the devaluation of a business student. yeah like who who needs more assistance mm. okay from that aspect the person with the business degree because the stem person is going to make more income the person with a business degree is going to be so variable. You don't know what's going to happen. So I would agree in that sense. Um, but 
but they still need help with these student loans. Like it, should, it still shouldn't cost that much to get those degrees, especially if you want them contributing in society, these very vital fields that we do need. But so, you see how many dials there are that you need to twist and turn. And, yeah. And that's why for me, I tend to oversimplify things. It just seems the easiest way to do it is everyone's in debt. Junk junk. And then pay it to the debt. Or even even better to like, yo, if you don't want to pay it directly to the citizens, you think they're going to buy drugs and guns? Like, well then, pay the creditors. Pay them. Your debts have been wiped clean or whatever mm-hmm. but i don't know man i think that seems to be easier than to be like well it applies to this person and that person. yeah no one's gonna be happy someone's gonna feel excluded that's true um well i guess you can if you want to just look at the overall picture you can be like just forgive all of it and keep it moving because of the money we've been putting out um, for Ukraine and all these other endeavors, why couldn't you pay off these debts? Like you said, for the elderly, why don't you have an elderly program that pays off their mortgage and so they can live in peace and not have to worry about that? Like because that's what people. Idea. There's a good business of, of selling and buying these properties, penny on the dollar, and that's what happened. That's what happened to my mom's place. It got bought yeah. up like that but you know we, it, it's a predatory uh, system that we live in we need to strive to upgrade okay. America but it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned Ukraine yeah you know, to inject uh, well it's much to talk about Ukraine really yeah Did you put the um, the video with, with uh, Disney World and, and, and them Nazis yeah, I saw that. Um, that was like very shocking. Once more, uh, great journalism from the Hill. This is a, a, a media group that I follow. Yeah, I see it. Um, what's up, Layla? What's up, Jay Wright? Face um, face. Popping up on here. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so, yeah, I did see that. And I, I listened to the arguments from both people. And it made sense like there's times where stuff is gray i'm not necessarily defending i'm not necessarily defending that because that is wrong you shouldn't have them up there but we know as a country how we operate it's very gray it's not but like did you hear the part about so for our listeners and viewers let's give some uh, some insight here if you haven't saw the video so recently uh i guess there were honoring John Stewart in particular through what association I, I don't recall but they're honoring some of the fighters in Ukraine mm-hmm. in Disney World mm-hmm. and the the fighter that John Stewart was giving a medal to is a member of a neo-nazi group that's fighting in Ukraine as mentioned in the Upgrade America podcast <laughs> told you that we're funding Nazis. Not we. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I mean, I do pay taxes. Yeah. But um, the odds, just really think about it. If you were to take any random American soldier and then tell him to strip naked on stage, what are the odds that, that he or she 
would have a swastika on them. Well, the, I, you could say 1%, you could say less than 1%, you could even dial it up to 5. And that's radical. 5 is, five is radical. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's really outrageous, but this is what occurred. The gentleman that was given the medal had a, a, a resemblance of a uh, a known neo-Nazi symbol tattooed on him. Mm-hmm. And John Stewart is giving him a medal. Again, <laughs> this the odds, even if it were 5%, wow, you really hit the odds of picking that person, having him in Disney World, mm-hmm. and, uh, and giving him a medal. But the U.S. is not funding uh, these Nazis. Whatever. I mean, you want to go back in history. Operation Paperclip. Yes. That's what we do. I think they're playing both sides. I think the little right never really died. It just infiltrated. It was just like, okay, they got into Operation Paperclip. And that's just through NASA, from what we know. Yeah, like, the US, all that stuff. the U.S. really wanted them because the Germans were really leading the charge in World War II with rocket technology. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we released the mother bomb. We, we split the atom before the Soviets and before the Germans. But the Germans really mastered or, or made it. They were ahead of the United States with rocket tech. So they smothered those scientists into the U.S. They actually gave them jobs and positions, like, in NASA. I can only assume if what worked for NASA may have worked for other facets of government, it's just more. And there's just no records of it. I'm sure. (laughs) I do believe that Nazis are involved in the left and on the right, playing both sides. But Absolutely. it's all speculation and entertainment on Upgrade America. Until <laughs> <laughs> so we know the president's lots. Oh, absolutely. We, shout I feel out kind to of responsible for Oh, definitely. Shout out and thanks for your service. But I kind of feel responsible for the whole Nord Stream one thing. Because we mentioned it, I'm like, yo, he's gonna strangle. He's gonna he's gonna use this energy thing to strangle Europe. I don't recall which episode we mentioned it on, but this was discussed. Yeah, we did talk about it. And it's like, I know you listening, Vlad, but I didn't know you were gonna take us literally. I mean, we've seen concepts we have brought up come into action, so. On all over the world. Absolutely. I suppose it's just, you know, that, that divine insight, you know, objective uh, analysts and all that good stuff. But what are your thoughts on that, man? Like, I got my, my sons in Germany. Mm. They are impacted by, uh, they're impacted by the, the gas. And this was brought to my attention. I inquired, and it was brought to my attention before they shut this down. Now my understanding is the for those who aren't aren't familiar, there's a pipeline from Europe, pardon me, from Russia to uh, to Europe to 
you know, and, and it provides a lot of gas. And right now it is shut down because uh, Vladimir Putin is insinuating that the parts to repair the pipeline cannot be obtained due to European Union sanctions. And it's pretty much like, yo, I could fix this pipeline to give you your gas. But, you know, you put these sanctions on me, I can't get the parts. That's pretty much what he's saying. Yeah. And so it's like, strategically, I get it. It's like, yo, winter is coming. And if you think energy, the price of energy is high now, when the demand goes up, because it takes a great deal of energy to uh, keep to keep warm, you know, like, it, 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 it's the price of energy is, is going to rise. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm to the point, I know how geopolitics, I have a little tiny insight how geopolitics work. The next residence I, I will acquire must have a fireplace where I can burn, uh, burn wood. Actually, I have a fireplace. You said you have a fireplace? Yeah. Is it gas or is it, you can put wood up in there? Wood. Yeah, that's that's outstanding, man. That's you, yeah. one you have in Florida. Like, is that a common thing in Florida to have? I think some houses do. Probably the older ones have a fireplace. I would say, yeah, the older ones maybe. Because it actually, people don't realize it does really get cold here. It gets down to like the 30s, 20s at some times. And another thing people don't factor in, our cold is very wet. Mm. So that cold is a total cold. Yes. I imagine you get pretty... I gave the example when I was in Indiana the other winter and I came back here. It felt colder here than up there. Up there, I was fine. I had my sweatsuit. I had my winterized vans on. I was good. That's how Texas was severe. I went to Texas recently and my understanding, they got hit last winter pretty bad. Yeah. With, uh, you know, it it gets cold in in these parts. So the fact that you got a stove is phenomenal because weather is very unpredictable even more so in these times of uh quote-unquote climate change and, and whatnot so where it is warm one day it could be dramatically cool the the next and where the energy prices are they're, they're creeping i will give it to the administration yo gas on my prices was i saw as low as 425. uh gas here 340 about 345 here it's not bad yeah but that's through like 345. Um, when i tell you before a couple weeks ago gas prices were creeping very close to five dollars i am legend gas prices oh man i haven't seen that movie so long Um, i think that's what the price of gas was like uh and there's some, I don't know. Um, but yeah, just, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just saying it seems to be stabilizing somewhat. Um, I think to Putin's very strategic, like we talked about, we've been talking about it. He's not just a thug in a suit. Like, he's a strategist. Like, I can tell, I only seen one interview with him on 60 Minutes, and I already, just one interview. I was like, this dude is, something else man but we must consider he is a spy Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. so it's like I like watching his interviews because I like excuse me I like trying to uh, do my best to read him mm-hmm. what do you read from his body language and because again he speaks to interpreters yeah so I mean based on what I saw very very measured very stoic Mm. Um, active listener definitely active listener Mm. he's listening for details you know he's so all the makings of what you have a spy he he seems very like he could be very charming I mean I haven't seen him in that kind of setting but I've seen uh, him it seems like that I I, I admire the the guy as watching his his model unfold and as a geopolitical analyst, an amateur geopolitical analyst, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta study him as he is a major player. But um, there is a compilation of him doing meet and greets, and he always brings a bouquet for female world leaders. Maybe he kisses a hand or something like that, but it's almost formulated charm. It's like you can go through it's like he meets, I believe it was Angela Merkel, mm-hmm. boom, bouquet meets with another prime minister boom 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 and it's the charm is very formative but art of war and uh you know all these uh you know 48 laws of power the way he's he's protecting an image but what is what do you think is that is the image he projects is that real or what percentage would you say it, it, of that is real? The stoicism, the the charm, and, and all that. I would say for him, because you gotta remember, he's a politician. He has to hold. He has to hold that all together until he gets really in private by himself to mm. probably let out everything. You know, I'm sure he he's unhinged in private, like just to get it all out. Because you gotta think. Nah, Could you really- imagine? I like how you put that unhinged, and I'm like, I'm trying to imagine him unhinged, like, you know. Yeah, like, he probably wild out, like, when he in the privacy of his own home, like, you know, like, just away from cameras, away from bodyguards, like, all that. Nowhere is safe. Yeah. If you have any type of servants, you have any type of people in there, there's always the possibility for surveillance uh listening devices so he knows that and he's a spot so yeah i'm going back to the original question you asked how much is him at this point how long he's been doing it i'll say 90 percent him because he has to be like that all the time so that is at this point you think he crystallized to this person just from oh this is how he moves and he has enough power to i don't care how you perceive me this is how he is but i think he still cares to a degree because he has that charm he does that charm and he has that tactful uh he is tactful with with what he says he's going to do yeah what again um he's a human being at the end of the day i know you listen to the show well, I didn't appreciate it, but, uh, yo, don't, uh, kids are gonna freeze, you know, and I know you got your objective, and I know you, you're not compromised with it, but, uh-huh. I'm just curious, just put it on the table, don't dance around it with, oh, 
we would fix the pipeline is that the sanctions that you want lifted, then just be straight up and be like, yo, winter's coming. Let's renegotiate these these terms with the sanctions or kids going to freeze and leave it at that. But speed this thing up because diplomacy moves too slow for uh, winter's coming before diplomacy can be. I totally agree. And this is the thing I was telling him before post Ukraine invasion, but pre Ukraine invasion, they just wanted to feel welcome and a part of the club. That's what all this shit is about. Like, that's no one gave them an offer. China gave them an offer they could not refuse. Well, they've been kind of. China's like, listen, look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. We are in position to take the GDP, the number one GDP, lead economically, then conquer the world, and then start a new world order. Join forces with us. Oh, EU ain't want to play ball with you. NATO didn't want to play ball with you. We will be your friends. We see you got oil. Let's back it with this yuan currency. This is what, what seems to be occurring. And they have the Russia has the resources. They also have the clientele, which is practically all of Europe. China has the, the military might to reinforce uh, Russia. This is what's going on. America needs Bitcoin, but that's another that's another lecture. Well, let's talk about uh, can an executive order ban or dismantle the GLP? And, and this question was brought up because of. Uh, Joe Biden's recent speech in Philadelphia where he is condemning MAGA people and more or less associating the entire Republican Party with MAGA. Basically. So it's a tough argument when you have you do have Donald Trump on one side who is he is uh, endorsing these candidates and they're winning by a landslide. Granted, it's like Dems dropped the ball. The... <laughs> let's let's just get to the question. Can that can they do that? Can an executive order ban a party if it's too perceived to be too dangerous? I would say they could. Will it go through? Will it succeed? No. And then let's just go through the thought experiment if they could. What does that mean? It's like you have the Democratic Party and then an independent party, a third party, because you've seen the the BS that happened to or the the Democratic Party did for third party candidates. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it comes to? It's like no more Republican Party, only third parties. By the way, we're still pooping on third parties. Democrats win by default. Is 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 that where this is going in this entertainment scenario? Yeah. Um. Like I said, I feel like maybe on paper they could do it. Hmm. I don't know what that would look like because that's that's like getting an amendment change in the Bill of Rights. You need two thirds hmm. vote. It's like on that level of something to dra- drastically change like an institution of our constitution. Let, where, let's focus on that though. Where in the constitution does it say anything about the right of political parties? 
That's a good question. And I don't think it mentions political parties. I don't think it does either. I know in uh, George, Wash- George Washington's slave owning, but his final address, um, he was avidly against political parties because he foresaw this thing, this this effery that we're dealing with right now, not the interest of the American people. No, 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 no. Spend countless millions impeaching this person. Spend countless millions in resources doing this type of thing. It is all about retaining and obtaining power. And from a political party aspect, when you put that power into the individual, when it's just like, I wouldn't be against that notion. F the political parties. And then it's just like, it's all about the individual. You said something about one thing that would be difficult with tracking the money or something. What was your concern about that? Discuss that before. Like, if there were no political parties, everyone had to run independently. Mm. How would that work? I think it would be cool, um, especially this day and age, like we talked about our 2020 campaign. Cameron Rob for president. We both voted. We both voted for each other. We'll put that on film. We voted Yo, for each other. We made history though, man. Neither fucking candidate. But anyway. Um oh, so the big thing is the dark money, the political packs, the lobbying. You have to get rid of that for it to truly work. So Let's just talk about lobbying or or a political pact for an individual. I think it's like... It's not a hurdle. But if you reduce it to an individual... Because right now it's just like... The Democratic nominee. It's just like, yeah, you have an entire group of people, right? Who are vote blue, no matter who. No matter who they select, yeah, we'll vote for them. We'll vote for them. They're Democrat. We'll vote for them. But when you demolish that whole system, and it's an individual, now it's like you have to build that brand of an individual up. Not just vote blue, no matter who. You have to vote. You have to build up CJ Dayslayer brand because he said he may infiltrate the Democratic Party. They have to. People have to join around an individual now, rather than. I, I don't know. How do you do? You think that will change things? Not having parties would be like the best idea. At least having a third party in every election, like has to be there, would be a step in the right direction. Um, that that'll be monumental change right there, because now you give people three options instead mm. of just two. Like, they know they have a third option. It's the difference between, yeah, you have these options, but you know they don't have a shot versus, hey, they actually do have a shot. So now I have a third option. It's not just, uh, like, 2020 election. I think the, how do you say, access to the ballot, there should be some uh, additional or modify the requirements to get access to the ballot. Yeah. First, to abolish political parties and then really get really just simplify it. Upgrade America. 
like we, we can do this different and more efficiently like let's do it so and we're gonna bring up upgrade america especially the 2.0 version of upgrade america we've been talking about putting this shit online for voting hmm. mobile devices mobile vehicles for the disabled for the elderly and for rural areas and regular mail-in ballots if you have all those methods of voting there's no excuse why people can't vote i would say you would have almost 100 percent participation of people of voting age if you made it easier to vote so here's i i totally agree with you wrote about it in the Upgrade America policy for the future ebook available on Amazon Kindle. Guess what? But like, I agree with it. But when I debate the idea with it, there is the idea of who's going to build the system, and can we trust this uh, this people with I don't know with, with the, the the biggest right in in America, which is is voting. Then I, I push back with, oh, well, we'll just have the federal government like build it in-house. And then my colleague was like, yeah, they couldn't even build a website without it crashing, you know, let alone a system on the blockchain to control voting. So would we trust our fate to Apple? Would we trust our fate to, to Samsung? And in these debates, this is where I... Uh, say um and well uh, and I don't have a, a, a response but what do I, you think I think you should and we talked about this as well it should be it should work locally on up right locally you have more control so I'll say in my county work it from there on up hey now you can that's the best place to work is local and then work your way up to federal it's, as far as it's not a, a nationwide app that you're rolling out is everyone build their own maybe every because it is 50 states right hmm. every state i can see um so have a state app actually i didn't think about that but you know as we're talking about this that makes Digital sense IDs like, they, yeah so now you have better control of it because whoever's in charge of elections that's going to be government because there's certain standards but there's nothing saying you can't work in hand in hand with private to make sure the tech works to make sure that it's efficient cutting edge etc so, so then you need sound auditing yes absolutely and i agree i agree with that yeah so that's what you do trust me i've had debates with people about this as well and i was like listen you y'all cry about voting but if you have the options available, and this is out to the GOP, who likes to gerrymander and do all this shit, that's one thing I will give credit for. And they try to use it under the rules of, oh, well, politically, you don't want to disenfranchise certain voters. Bro, we know what you're doing. So anyway, if your party is so strong, GOP, you wouldn't mind the competition of everybody being able to vote. If your party is that for the people, they'll vote for you. That's what it boils down to. So I think now politically why mm -hmm. the party wants 
the access to vote like that too because Democrats will get slaughtered first of all uh, I would think um, and then Republicans I think it would kind of put them in a stalemate now I'm starting to think about it out loud I take that back I think it would put them in a stalemate and it, it would leave third party and other alternatives to come to the forefront because they're like GOP wants that control and then Democrats want everybody to be able to vote, but at the same time, they both had their political agendas. So it wouldn't fall in either one of their best interests either. So now I'm starting to think about it. I take that back. Maybe go towards third party alternate forms of people being able to run. I, I just feel there's been a, a lot of overreach from both sides. Absolutely, I agree. You have, um, the left saying, trying to tell me what I have to do with my body, trying to force me to do something with my body. And then you have the right saying what, uh, you know, what we cannot do with our bodies and the choice of a woman's right to choose, you know? I, I just don't see how, and yet, I laid the blueprint out online uh, campaigns and whatnot, but I don't see how another independent candidate just doesn't emerge and be like, yo, we need to upgrade America 3.0 if you want. Hey. <laughs> but seriously, like, this is what it's gonna take to, to really. Yeah, we say upgrade America, but like to save this thing, <laughs> to save this thing that we have. <laughs> I just laugh how you said save this thing. I just thought about it. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's come down to. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you mentioned it before, like both sides sold you out to China, so it's not just like, oh yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's like. And then there's all this we the people, but you got career politicians and billionaires. These are like, let's just say, point zero. We could put another zero. Point zero one percent of the population, right? Mm-hmm. They are not we. <laughs> they are not us. But you know, they're they're ruining our our best interests. But what else we got? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Online voting, we need that. It's coming. It's yeah, it's it's time. I would say Skyward. One thing I would, two things I would love to get done in an administration: build Skyward. Boom, solve that energy crisis thing. Ooh, solve yeah. homelessness. Ooh, like and hunger and, and everything else that comes with Skyward. And then also the online voting. Absolutely. Um. You want to talk about a Skyward update? And then we got our last topic, how to survive and thrive in a deadly game of office politics. Oh man, Skyward update is just like, um, shout out to Nye. She, uh, First lady. Lady, she really helped me with uh, this whole process of turning bottles into filament. And filament is the stuff that you use to make 3D models to print through uh, 3Ds the 3D printers. And that is essentially the lady man. She is a engineering artistic genius. There's something I, I have not said, 
but I observed and I just thought of as you're describing this, I'm like, yo, that lady is dope, man. Just shout out to yeah. her. Wow. She took on a lot of challenges I was intimidated to do on the engineering side. Like, mm-hmm. we had to reverse the polarization of a motor when I was doing that electric motorcycle thing, and it required a bit of finesse, and she tackled that. But at the same time, her building this machine uh, for that they cuts the bottles, it has to be very precise because essentially you're cutting the bottles, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're gonna pull it through a hot tube so that it folds that plastic into a tube, and then you can put it into a 3D printer. So far, we've been able to do that. It's just I gotta experiment with the temperatures. Mm-hmm. To uh, right now, it's coming out hard. It's too hard to feed into a 3D printer. But as soon as we crack that code, like this is gonna be a new way of recycling. For, for our household, we're really just imagining turning in the film and start printing. Right mm-hmm. now, Skyward Update, it's almost four feet tall. Okay. And it's built from majority of recycled plastic. I would dare say maybe over a thousand, the equivalent to over a thousand water bottles are, are in there, are recycled in the form of uh, this pyramid that's in the. Um, my yard right now so i am as it looks like a uh, duct tape mess i am not disclosing uh footage of it just yet but as it comes um uh, you know more into fruition I, I, i'll show it we'll all, a show and tell all great inventions had a prototype just so oh, that's deep. you as a student of engineering and invention you know this so um Let's talk like about how to survive and thrive in deadly game of office politics. I'm gonna let you lead the charge on, on, on that. You brought this uh, interesting subject up. What um, what advice do you have for for our upgraders out there? Okay, something I have noticed, especially in the civilian world, not not even including the Air Force. Air Force is like it's whole a whole nother level. That's Ooh, like yeah, big, it's a different animal. Yeah, tiger. Yeah. But having learned from that and then also years experience in the civilian sector now, one of the biggest things you can do to be an asset in your workplace is be likable. That's the number one thing, be likable, be collaborative, uh, be um, optimistic, but not not too optimistic, but optimistic on if just even kill optimism if that's a, such a thing. Because um, you, you're going to have up and down days and people need to see that from you as well, you know, mm-hmm. to ensure that you're not a fake, a phony, et cetera, et cetera. Now, on the other side of this... Interesting. I like that sense of duality because if you're just mm-hmm. cheerful, 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 then you can get the sense that it is fake. Um, but again, that level of, uh, you know, always be tactful and professional and respectful and yeah because you never know who's going to be your boss or who's going to offer you an opportunity outside of that workplace not everybody's going to stay there and you also have to that is most certainly true but we must uh, acknowledge and the human aspect of it and i need to take my own advice 
you know, but we, we gotta acknowledge the, the human aspect of it and strive to, you know, be likable, as you mentioned. But as a tip for collaboration, if you can't, um, or if I don't like to use can't, if you're unable to, uh, to give a contribution, it is still admired to ask a question. And in most cases, there's no such thing as a dumb question. But if you ask a question, if only to get more insight, you know, one, you'll you'll walk away from that conversation learning something. Yeah. And, and two, your question may lead to another conversation that could bring more value to the team. Brilliant, brilliant point. Um, another thing is, so these are other traits of survivability as well. Don't be afraid to stand on your own principles, values, and morals within the workplace. So for instance, this workplace um, suggests you do overtime. No, if you don't want to do overtime, go home and clock out and stand to that. Now on occasion to be a team player or to collaborate and you happen to do overtime, that's different. Um, another thing I've noticed, you got to see who the players are in each workplace. Yeah. You're gonna have, you're gonna have the office kiss ass or brown noser, right? Yeah. You're gonna have the office gossiper. You're gonna have um, the high achiever in the office. You're gonna have the golden child in the office. You're gonna have the, the dirtbag in the office or the person just always miserable, right? And then you're going to have somebody who's more of a chameleon in the office as well. Now, define that chameleon. They play to whatever crowd they're in, which in a sense, in, in, in essence, is not necessarily a bad idea. It's just if people view it as genuine or not is the question. That's where your Oscar-winning skills got to come into play. So I know, and... There's another thing where you you can be your authentic self in the office or corporate environment. You just gotta know the boundaries of when it comes to HR. You know, like obviously you're not gonna be using a certain slang and stuff like in the workplace, but that doesn't mean in other situations that it won't come out in maybe a little more of an informal situation. And that shows your personality because people want to know your personality too. They don't want man. Does that guy even have a personality? Or does that girl even have a personality? No. Like, they don't stumble upon your podcast. Hope they don't stumble upon your our podcast. No. I mean, I, I mean, got too much personality. No, like, and that's the thing. And I think it comes with age and experience, too. And it, it does depend on the corporate culture. Like, currently, I won't name who I work for, but currently, the corporate culture is you can be more of yourself because I see people with tattoos. I got this beard, you know, piercings, different color hair. So that's a good, comfortable environment. But don't think they're not ruthless, too, on the other side of that, you know, to say. But um, what do you mean by ruthless? Well, just in their business practices, not necessarily with their employees and stuff, but business practices. Um, these are things I'm learning. I, I'll put it myself as a case study. Currently, I'm learning like there's um, people, what do you call it? Um, 
We learned this in terrorism in the Air Force. There's people probing. Counter-terrorism? Yeah, there's probing, subversion, um, eavesdropping. I'm trying to think of all I believe. Huh? I believe harassment is one of them as well. Well, I mean, we, we in the corporate culture, you don't want to necessarily use that, but um, okay. those things like people eavesdropping, listening to your conversations to get intel about you personally that you might not want everybody to know, mm-hmm. but you're listening. So you got to kind of be mindful who you open up to. Um, another thing is people... It's almost to- like you have to uh, run a psych op. Of your, of your own yeah like for me i'm pretty cordial with everybody i'm pretty professional i speak you know but at the same time i'm also selective i'll speak to those who speak to me you know i don't waste my efforts either like if yeah, i feel okay, that as well yeah if i feel like it's not really warm and friendly over here i'm not gonna stay there long say hey how y'all doing keep it moving now the people that I am more chummy with, now you get to a deeper level. Okay, what's your agenda? What's your angle? When when with me. So I come to find out the other day, I'll say Friday, talking to a couple of guys, they're like, Oh yeah, man, you know, uh, where are you going? Da, 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 da. They're not asking for just general workshop talk. They're asking for their agenda to be fulfilled. What do you mean to say? Break that down for me. Well, there's a difference between just conversational work chat, right? And then behind that is a more devious plan to have me do some work they don't want to do, essentially. Because I don't benefit from it. They benefit from it. They get more money for me doing that, but I don't get any more money. But they look at it as they're doing me a favor, but I'm smart enough to know, oh, I don't get paid to do that extra stuff. that's not a part of my job description so to speak interesting and there's uh there's something you always have to be vigilant for Mm -hmm. and uh it's unfortunate but in workplaces there are people who will always leverage or, or, or attempt to leverage, you know, other people who, who don't. And it, it kind of sucks. So if I think if it's a win-win, that's how everyone wins. But if you're winning dirty, you're winning grimy, you only do that for so long. You know, and it's just like... I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, workplace snitches and informants. Absolutely. And some... And some workplaces do actually um, compensate for snitching. So be aware of that. Well, yeah, I, I could see that. And it's like, um, you have to, again, you said strive to be likable, but understand the difference between uh, friends and, and colleagues or professional and colleagues. Rather, and I don't want to say don't disclose anything, damn it. But yeah, yeah, um, run your psych up if you must, and you know, or 
but it is a very delicate game because it's like you work very closely with people and within that duration for a long time which you can there are lots of information lots of opportunities to disclose information a lot of opportunities to disclose information that could hurt and it's like at the end of the day it can impact your uh, your career you know so that's why it's very important to learn how to move in this setting absolutely um and if you can get to a point where you can just be a consultant and be your own entity and work with corporate clients or something like that i mean i would think that's probably one of the best situations to be in besides having your own llc like sole proprietorship whatever you decide to do because within a corporate structure you gotta remember you're beknownst to them you under their standards so always understand where you're working at <laughs> like that's what it boils down to. and there's a lot of talk about uh freelancing versus the corporate world and a lot of people are going particularly in the sales sports community they're going to the freelance because of more uh you have you have more freedom I suppose mm-hmm. but not everyone can just get up and freelance yeah. and it's just it ain't like if you turn it on overnight you gotta build up clientele and whatnot but wherever you're at you know just put pride and value in, in, in your in your work and there's something I saw online it, was, it said act your wage Mm. <laughs> like you're getting paid you're getting paid compensation to do your job act it act, uh, act your way <laughs> and, and if you have eat more in you then act above your act above your wage and, and demand that that value you know but um at the same time I don't know. we already went overtime so I'm going to take a little bit more time to lecture okay like <laughs> your professional life is, is very important absolutely and, like, you know we're in a really great time where you don't have to dedicate four years six years of your life to get plugged into a fortune 500 company you can dedicate like maybe six months to a year studying for these certifications i'm talking about the like salesforce i'm talking about aws that's amazon web services these are things that people pay a six figures that's over a hundred thousand dollars starting if you have experience in these get these certifications do some projects do some volunteer work with with these technologies and you can start this today and peck away at it no pressure and get this certification done on your own time because you know the video games can wait like all these the fly women and all that it can wait partying can wait because like yo hate to doom and gloom but like there's this tsunami that's coming that's gonna wipe a lot of folks out and it's gonna be the the tech industry is gonna be a life raft you've seen a lot of people who've been floating is the remote work and getting you just a little teeny bit of experience in these tech industries and salesforce ain't coding it's 
It's like AWS is not coding. It's just clicking buttons. It's a lot of copying and pasting. You get manuals and you can do this stuff. I don't know. If anyone's interested, hit me up. Uh, I'll share the, the knowledge that I have. That's my takeaway is knowledge transfer, the sharing of information. And this is something that's intangible, meaning it's free. Knowledge is like, it's not, well, institutions will charge you money for knowledge that you yeah. can't even use to get money to pay them back. But <laughs> you know something, you know a skill, share that like knowledge is power but it also has so much value and the end that it's only a lack of information that makes things difficult once you have the knowledge oh that light bulb goes on oh things are now easy sure. that's all i got man yeah, got yeah. be nice to one another and Get your solar panels and Bitcoin and share the knowledge and the love. Peace. Peace.